What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first episode of If the Cleat Fits. I'm Kyle O'Brien, and if you love sports as much as I do, I'm your guy. I will break down, analyze, and give you my honest opinion on everything that goes down in the sports world. But today we're going to be focusing on football. The Super Bowl is tomorrow, and I want to let you guys in on what I think is going to happen in this ballgame. Um, I think a lot of the buzz around these two teams have been their offenses, and respectfully so. I mean, they are both high-powered, big play, prolific offenses, and that may carry you through the regular season. That may carry you through the playoffs, but when you get to the biggest stage, the biggest game, when you get to the Super Bowl, it is often the case that the defense that steps up and can slow down the opposing offense is the team that prevails. You look back at the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. You had a Rams team that was coming in that had earlier in the season scored 50-plus points on a Monday night game. But what did the Patriots do? They slowed them down. They minimized the score of the game and were able to win scoring 13 points. Go back even further. Look at the Panthers-Broncos Super Bowl. 15-1 Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton, MVP. They could run the ball. They could throw the ball. What happened? Denver was able to get to the quarterback, force fumbles, create turnovers, and win that ball game. The only game I can think of in recent memory that this wasn't the case was the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. That was very high scoring, a lot of big plays, but really that's the outlier. Nine times out of ten, the team that wins the Super Bowl is the team with the better defense, the defense that steps up. So that's what I want to focus on today. I want to look at the defenses, both defenses, which one is going to be the X factor in this game, the defense that's going to step up. We'll start with Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator. He is one of the best defensive coordinators in this league. I think he's a little bit overlooked because of his stint with the Jets as head coach. But if you just look at his plane calling ability so far this year and in the past with the Arizona Cardinals um, before he was became head coach of the Jets, I mean, he's been, he, he has been the reason for some of the best defenses we've seen in the past five years. I mean, this team in the regular season was sixth in yards per game allowed, first in rushing defense, which may not be a factor in this game because Kansas City doesn't really run the ball anyways, but now you can completely rule out that run game completely because this defense is going to allow it. And honestly, the fact that Kansas City can't run the ball or doesn't want to um, is going to help Tampa Bay because now they don't have to even focus on it. They can just focus on getting after Patrick Mahomes and getting after this passing game. Um Along with that, they were 8th in scoring defense and 6th in takeaways, and that is huge as well. If you can cause turnovers, which they've done in the playoffs as well, um, it can be a big reason why they win this game. Um, so let's take it position group by position group. The most experience on this defense is the defensive line, um, and probably the most talent as well. You look at Nadamik and Sue, Vita Vey, Golston, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. I mean, these are guys that can get after the quarterback. I get that Patrick Mahomes can move around, he can scramble, he can backpedal, he can do it all, he can throw anywhere on the field, but he's missing his top two tackles. He's missing his starting two tackles. That's a problem, especially when you look at what they're going up against. You're going to have Shaq Barrett coming off the edge, going to be right in your mouth. If you backpedal, you're going to have Jason Pierre-Paul coming behind you. You step up, you're going to have Vita Vey. This is a defensive line group that can swarm the quarterback force him to make bad throws force him to have poor decision making and if their secondary capitalize on that and create turnovers 
um, or at least minimize Kansas City's big playability because he's not going to have long to throw in the pocket. You got to remember that he's not going to have that big play to Tyreek Hill that he had last year against the 49ers, who again also had a good defense. So it's not that you can just roll up against this Kansas City offense with a good defense and expect them to um, just shut them down. That's not going to happen. But can you minimize their big playability, minimize the score of the game? I think Tampa Bay can do it. You look at their linebackers, Levante Davis, Devin White, probably one of the best linebacking duos in this league. They are going to be responsible for covering Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in this league. Um, that's that, They're going to have their hands full. I mean, on third and fourth down, in the red zone, Mahomes looks for Travis Kelsey. He is his number one target. Um, can they minimize? Can they slow him down? Because you're not going to stop him. He's going to get his catches. But can you at least capitalize on third and fourth down and not let him get that, um, get open and find the middle of the field? I think they can do it. And then you move to the secondary. This is where you have some concern. And it's not because they don't have talent. I mean, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, Anton Winfield Jr., who's a rookie, Jordan Whitehead, Mike Edwin, Edwards. These are guys with talent. They have potential, but they're young. The average age of that secondary is 23 years old. They don't have a lot of experience. And you're going to be covering Tyreek Hill. You're going to be covering Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman. That's not an easy assignment to have. Um, are they capable of doing it? Absolutely. We saw them create turnovers against Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees in the playoffs. They were a big reason why they were able to beat those teams um, on the road as underdogs. Um, so it's definitely possible, um, especially considering the fact that Mahomes is going to be under a lot of pressure. He's not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. Um, can you at least cover these receivers long enough to where maybe he's, he makes a bad throw? Maybe you get a turnover. Change the momentum of the ball game. Top assignment's going to be Tyreek Hill. you got to double cover him. Um, they didn't always do that in the first matchup, and he ended up having 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter, which is just an all-time stat in my opinion. Um, so I, I honestly, come into this game and with the mindset that you're going to be double-covering Tyreek Hill all game, and whoever isn't double-covering him is going to be one-on-one with Sammy Watkins. It's going to be one-on-one with McCole Hardman or Travis Kelsey. Um, if you if you, you bring a safety down and cover him, um, that's not easy, but that's your best-case scenario to winning this game. And then you look at the other side. You got Kansas City's defense led by Steve Spagnola. And if you don't know who that is, he's been a coordinator in this league for a long time. He was the uh, defensive coordinator for the New York Giants when they won the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots the first time. Um, he was on that coaching staff, and he was responsible for stopping Tom Brady and one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen with Randy Moss, Wes Wilker, all in their prime. Um, how did he do it? He brought pressure with Michael Strahan, OCU Miniera. Um, he was able to frustrate Tom Brady and slow down the greatest decision-making quarterback of all time because he's not going to scramble around. He's not mobile. He's a stationary target, but he's just so lethal with his mind and throwing the ball, putting it where he needs to put it, um, that you can't overlook that. But that's not to say that's not impossible to stop Tom Brady because of his inability to move around in the pocket and scramble and evade pass rushers. Uh, but does Kansas City have the ability, the players, to do that? I'm not too sure. I mean, you got Chris Jones. He's probably the second-best interior defensive lineman in the league next to Aaron Donald. Um, but outside of that, you have Frank Clark, who's okay. 
um, and not really much outside of that on the defensive line. So I'm concerned with Kansas City's ability to get to Tom Brady more so than I am Tampa Bay's ability to get to Patrick Mahomes, especially because Tampa Bay's offensive line is probably top in the league, top five, I'd say. They have studs at every single position on the line. Um, it's a big reason why Tom Brady wanted to go to Tampa Bay. He knew he wasn't going to go somewhere if he wasn't going to be protected. Um, so he'll have time to throw the ball. I don't like that. And then you look at the linebacking core, maybe they can help, right? Not really. They have Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson. Those are probably the biggest two names on that linebacking core. Not two guys that you really mention when you talk about the best linebackers in this league. Um, Kansas City's best weapons is their secondary. And even that is questionable. I mean, you have Tyron Matthew. That goes without saying. He's probably top three safety in this league. Um, you got to know where he is at all times on every single play because if you throw his way, there's a good chance going to get picked off. Even if it's in the receiver's hands, he, he has the ability to knock it out. Um, but outside of that, you got Travarius Ward, Daniel Sorensen. Again, not the top guys at their position by any means. Um, they're okay. This defense isn't bad. They're middle of the pack. Sixth, 16th in yards per game allowed this season in the regular season. Um, 14th in passing, 21st in rushing, 11th in points and 13th in takeaways. So they're middle of the pack defense. They're not horrible. They're not great. Um, but I don't see how they can step up and win this game for Kansas City and slow down Tom Brady. Because if Tom Brady's in a position where he is a score away from winning or tying the game, he's going to do it. I mean, we've seen that hundreds of times. Um, time and time again, he, he comes through. He's clutch. He's the GOAT. Um, and the thing that worries me the most is that 21st rushing defense. Tampa Bay has Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. They can run the ball. They didn't do it early on in the season, and I think that's a lot of that's a huge reason why they didn't win a lot of games early on. Um, a lot of games, they won games, but they lost some big games like the Saints games and uh, against the Bears, against the Rams. Why is because they didn't run the ball. I mean, you have two studs, not the best running backs in the league, but Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette are a good one and two punch. Fournette's more of the power back. Jones is more of the elusive, shifty, um, outside of the tackles kind of guy. Um, and I think if, if Tampa Bay can run the ball and minimize the possessions that Kansas City gets and slow down the game, then they're going to be in prior position to win that game. Kansas City can score the ball on every single drive. We know that. But if they only have eight drives... And if you can hold them, because Tampa Bay has a good red zone defense, hold them to some field goals, um, bring down the score of the game. Tampa Bay can win this game. And so with all that being said, what's my pick? I got Tampa Bay. 27-21. I think Kansas City is going to get their big scores. They're going to get in the end zone. Um, but Tampa Bay is going to have more possessions with more efficiency. May get some field goals, but they're going to have enough drives and put Tom Brady in enough positions to where Kansas City can't close that gap. And so that's going to be uh, my prediction for the Super Bowl. 27-21 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady gets his seventh Super Bowl ring and solidifies his spot as the greatest of all time. Next, I want to transition to QB movement, specifically QB bailing. Because a lot of what people are talking about the past couple weeks have been about the Rams moving off of Jared Goff and acquiring Matt Stafford. 
and for the, the 49ers looking to upgrade at quarterback and move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. And these are two guys that took their teams to the Super Bowl. I mean, a year ago, San Francisco was in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Two years ago, the Rams were in the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So why would you want to move off of these guys, right? Well, I'm actually 100% supportive of these moves and these decisions because, let, let me take it back to 2017. There was two teams that were in similar situations um, and took two very different approaches. One is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had Blake Bortles and the best defense in the league, and it took them to the AFC Championship game, and they were within one score of going to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Tom Brady. They went 10-6 in the regular season. They won two playoff games. Bortles was 60% completion percentage, threw for 3,687 yards, had a 21-13 touchdown to interception rate. He wasn't bad. He wasn't great. Um, he was good enough to not mess up what they had on defense, and it took him to one game shy of the Super Bowl, right? So they decided, hey, we might as well sign this guy, extend his contract. They signed him to a three-year deal. And the very next year, they went 3-13. and 13. They ended up cutting him and signing Nick Foles. And they really haven't recovered since. Through that time, they lost a lot of their defensive pieces. And now they are the worst team in the NFL. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and that's all well and good. But I'm curious to see what they could have done. I mean, could they have upgraded at quarterback outside of Blake Bortles that year? The biggest QB in the market was Kirk Cousins. They weren't going to get him. They couldn't afford it and he wouldn't have wanted to go there anyways. Um, outside of that, there really wasn't anyone to acquire in free agency or in trades, and they were picking 29th in the draft. So you really don't get a top quarterback at, a, at that spot in the draft. Um, so it's, I can understand why they did that. However, if you look who was drafted a couple of picks after that, Lamar Jackson, I'd say he did pretty well for himself in the NFL so far. And then you look at the other side of the NFL, you had the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC. They were led by Case Keenum, who took them to the NFC Championship game. They were 11-3 and that year. He had a 67.6 completion percentage, second best in the NFL. Threw for 3,500 yards, had a 22-7 and touchdown to interception rate. But they didn't believe that he was the reason they got there. They believed that it was because of their defense. They believed they had the weapons to repeat. And they said, we need to upgrade at quarterback. Case Keenum's not going to get it done again so they moved off of him they went free agency and they acquired Kirk Cousins signed him to that monster contract everyone gave him heat over it um but if you look at what happened after that if you compare Kirk Cousins to Case Keenum there is no debate that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback and that they made the right move they needed to get a better quarterback they did it and they haven't gone to the NFC Championship again, but they've been to the playoffs. Kirk Cousins won a playoff game. His stats speak for themselves. Um, the, the, honestly, the year after that, he was they went 7-9. and nine. I mean, he had a 70% completion percentage, threw for 4,000 yards, had a 30-10 touchdown to an interception rate. So there's no debate that they upgraded a quarterback. That was the right move to make. And I'd say that they've fared significantly better than the Jacksonville Jaguars have. And now we look at the situation we're in today. The Rams have had Jared Goff. He took him to the Super Bowl. That year, they were 13-3. and 
threw for over 4,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, only 13 interceptions. Just this past year, they were 9-6. and six. They won a playoff game. Again, almost 4,000 yards. Only 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So he wasn't great. He wasn't good. He wasn't bad. Again, middle-of-the-pack kind of guy. But Sean McVay did not believe that they could go back to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So they traded him. They gave up two first-round draft picks in the future. And they acquired Matt Stafford, who they believe can be the guy to put him over the top. And you go to the 49ers. The year they went to the Super Bowl, Jimmy G had them at a 13-3 record. 69% completion percentage, over almost 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Pretty solid. He's had a lot of injuries, though. Shanahan's tired of going to Nick Mullins. <laughs> and they missed the playoffs, and, and ultimately... They don't think they can win with Jimmy Garoppolo enough to take him back to the Super Bowl. And that is why they're looking to move off of him. That's why the Rams moved off of Jared Goff. That's why the Vikings moved off of Case Keenum. So absolutely, if you're a team that has a good defense, that has weapons, there's a Super Bowl caliber team in the playoff hunt every year, but you don't have the quarterback that you think can take you over the edge, then it's time to move off of him. The last topic I want to talk about today is my personal favorite, the NFL Draft. I am going to release my 2021 NFL Mock Draft. I'm going to tell you it right now. I'm going to go 1 through through 32. I'm going to go through every single pick in the first round and break down what I think each team's going to um, do in this draft with where they're picking, um, with the players that are going to be available at that position. So let's just go right to it. Obviously, number one, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's pretty unanimous. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. They need that quarterback. He's projected to be a transcendent talent. So we're all in agreement on that. And then you go to pick number two, the New York Jets. A lot of people think they're going to go quarterback here. And the way I'm going to do my mock draft is that I am going to pick for each team the way they would pick today. So they still have Sam Darnold. They haven't traded him yet. And I don't think they will until draft day. So if they will at all. And honestly, from what I've heard, I think um, Robert Sala likes Sam Darnold. Um, and I like Sam Darnold. I think he's a capable quarterback in this league. I just think he's been working with nothing with the Jets. So... I think the smarter choice is actually to build other positions on this team, and the best player available, in my opinion, at that at number two is Penny Sewell, tackle from Oregon. Um, he's projected to be a stud in this NFL. I mean, a lot of guys in this draft, you, you don't know what you're going to get. I think they do with Penny Sewell. You already got Makai uh, Becton. Um, he's shown that he's going to be he's one of the best players on this team already. If you compare him with Penny Sewell, probably move Sewell to the to the right side because I think Becton's pretty solid on the left side of the field um, as left tackle. Um, I think that he, right off the bat, you're not protecting Sam Darnold. And maybe later in the draft, maybe in free agency, you give him some more weapons, build this defense up. Then you go to number three, the Dolphins. I'm t- I got them taking Jamar Chase. Um, they need to give Tua or Fitzpatrick or whoever's playing quarterback there another weapon. 
I think you give two another year to see what you got in him. I don't think he played poorly in um in the season last year. Um, so you, you you stay with him. You don't go quarterback here. Um, give him a weapon. And why chase over a guy like Devontae Smith who just won Heisman had an insane season? Well, Jamar Chase did the same thing last year with the with LSU, and he was able to do that with Justin Jefferson on the other side. And we know what Justin Jefferson can do in the NFL. So if you get a guy that outperformed Justin Jefferson on the same team, I think that's a more promising um, receiver if you're ta- if you're picking at number three. And then you go to number four, Falcons. This one's, this one's an interesting one because a lot of people have them taking a quarterback. I actually do not. I think you got to stick with Matt Stafford another year. Or, sorry, Matt Stafford. Matt Ryan another year. Um, why? Because his contract's insane. If you cut him or trade him, you're taking a $44 million um, blow in uh, dead cap because of the contract that they give him with the guaranteed money that he's guaranteed this year. So I don't, I, I don't see the value in taking a quarterback here, especially because you don't know what you're going to get with these quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence. These guys all have potential. They look good in college, but there's no number two. There's no Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. There's no Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, there's really no promise. So I haven't taken Caleb Farley. Um, he's projected to be the best corner in this draft. Um, he, he's a guy you can plug in right away um, alongside of A.J. Terrell and uplift this defense. That was really the problem why they were so bad this year. It wasn't their offense. They, their offense scored enough points. Um, they they showed that they could throw the ball. They could run the ball. Um, it's time to build up that defense. Number five, you got Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking Rashawn Slater. Um, he's actually a guy that has been rising up draft boards recently. Um, arguably, maybe people are saying he's the best tackle in the draft. Um, and they need to protect Joe Burrow. They have no one on the offensive line. They need to get a stud plug-in guy that they can just throw out into the fire and hope that you can protect uh, Joe Burrow, keep him healthy, their franchise quarterback. Number six, we got Philadelphia. I haven't taken Devontae Smith. They need a, they need another weapon on here. They're not going to blow it again because they've had some some woes in drafting receivers recently. I think I like Jay, Jalen Rager. I think he can be okay, um, but he's not going to be enough. You need to give whoever's playing quarterback with Philadelphia another weapon, and Devontae Smith's that guy. Number seven, you got the Detroit Lions. I have them taking Quiddy Pay um, from Michigan. So Michigan, Detroit, they're all in. Uh, they probably have watched him fairly well. He's one of the best pass rushers in the draft. Um, there's a lot of good ones. Um, but I think he's probably the safest pick. Eight, you got the Carolina Panthers. I have them taking Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. Um he can run around, he can scramble, he can move, he can run, and he's a good passer of the ball. Um, he can sit behind Teddy Bridgewater if they want to, um, but I think Matt Rule wants a young quarterback that can fit with his system, and I think Zach Wilson's that guy. Number eight, number nine, we have the Denver Broncos. I have him taking Elijah Vera Tucker. He's kind of like a guy you can move around the offensive line, um, so you can go tap. You can put him at tackle, you can put him at guard, and I think they'll put him at guard. Um, their defense was actually one of the best in the league last year. Um, they were just so bad on offense that it was hard to see that. And they, they, they had a lot of starting quarterbacks because Drew Locke got hurt, whatever. Um, they ended up playing a receiver at quarterback at one point. Um, but I think they, they really do like Drew Locke, so they're going to give him another year. Um, and now you just ha- you got to protect him. He's got the weapons. You just got to protect him. Number 10, you got the Dallas Cowboys. I'm taking Tr- Trayvon Morig. Safety from TCU. He's the best safety in this draft class. 
Um, they just they don't need anyone on the offense. We know that. Defense, they have some pass rushers. They have some linebackers. They just need to build up that secondary again. They've lost some guys in, in the in recent years, so I think um, drafting a safety is the right move there. 11, we have the Giants. I have them getting a steal in Micah Parsons. He's the best linebacker in this draft. Um, he can help elevate that defense. Um, they're sticking with Daniel Jones, so they're not taking a quarterback here. Um, number 12, we have the 49ers, and this one's an interesting one. They're, they're taking Kyle Pitts. Tight end to receiver. He can play both from uh, Florida. He can do it all. And, and Kyle Shanahan would be licking his lips if if Kyle Pitts fell to him at 12. He can He's going to figure out what he can do with Kyle Pitts. He needs to get, get another weapon on the offense. If they trade for another quarterback, um, they're, they're going to have to give him weapons, and they really don't have that many. So I think Kyle Pitts can be that guy that can really push him over the edge with George Kittle already being there, already being one of the best tight ends in this league. Number 13, the Chargers. I have taking Jeremiah Owusu-Karamo from Notre Dame. I watched a lot of his games, obviously, being a Notre Dame fan. And um, I think they have a pretty good secondary. Uh, they have a lot of good weapons on offense. Their offensive lines, they could probably use another tackle. But um, I think their number one need here is uh, at linebacker. And I think Owusu Karamoa can be that guy. 14, the Vikings. My team, I'm taking, I have them taking uh, Gregory Rousseau, um, or Russo. Uh, he's six seven. He's six seven, at the def- at the edge rushing position. Um, Mike Zimmer would be all over that if he fell to them at fourteen. Fifteen, we have the New England Patriots. I have him taking Trey Lance. Ahead of Justin Fields, I understand whatever Justin Fields just went to the national championship game. I just think Bill Belichick's gonna be looking at Patrick Mahomes. He's gonna be looking at Josh Allen. These these guys that can throw the ball extremely well and can also move around. I can only imagine what Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick can do with Trey Lance. Even though he didn't play last year, from what we've seen on tape, he has a lot of potential. Number 16, we have the Cardinals. I have them taking Patrick Sertain the second. He's a He has a great size for the corner position. And if you're going to go up against DK Metcalf, you're going to go up against DeAndre Hopkins. You need another corner on there because Patrick Peterson's getting old. Um, and I think he can mentor a guy like Patrick Sertain. 17, we got the Raiders. I have him taking Jalen Phillips um, from Miami. Um, I think uh, they don't really have many needs on the Raiders. I don't know what they're going to do with quarterback. I- I'm assuming they're going to keep Derek Carr, in my opinion. Um, so I think adding another edge rusher, because Max Crosby is really all they have. They need to add another rusher to this defense. 18, we have the Dolphins. I have them taking Christian Barrymore, defensive tackle, um, from Alabama. Uh, they already went receiver earlier in the draft, so I have them take going defense because um, Brian Flores is a defensive mind guy. Um, I think he wants to add another piece to that because he's got offense the past couple years in the first round. Um, 19, we have the football team, and I have them taking Justin Fields. They need a quarterback, and I think Ron Rivera... Um, could really utilize a guy like Justin Fields um, in the type of offense that he wants to run. Uh, 20, we have the Chicago Bears. I have them taking Jalen Waddell, receiver from Alabama. Um, he was hurt last year, but they may lose out on Allen Robinson in free agency. 
And I don't think you can take a quarterback here. Um, they may trade for Wentz. So you got to get another weapon on this offense, and I think Jalen Wild can be that guy. He can catch the ball all over the field. 21, we have the Colts. I have them taking um, re- wide receiver Tony from Florida. Um, again, they need another weapon. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them, but you can't just rely on Michael Pittman as a receiver. You need another piece there. you got good tight ends. Um, Tony could be that guy. 22, we have the Titans. I have them taking Jason Owe, another edge rusher. They desperately need um, help going after the quarterback. Jadavian Clowney did not really do that for them after they traded for him before the season. 23, you have the Jets, their second pick. I have them going defense. They went offense earlier. Robert Salas, defensive guy. I have them taking J.C. Horn, who's a really good value pick for this pick. Um, he can help out that secondary. Um, he's got football in his blood, and I think he's probably the best available defensive piece at this um, pick. 24, we have the Steelers. We know they have a really good defense. We know they have a lot of weapons. They're probably sticking with Big Ben. So really the, all they need to start to figure out is how to run the ball because they really didn't do that well running the ball last year. Um, James Conner might be a free agent. They may bring him back. Either way, I have him taking Najee Harris or Najee, Najee Harris from Alabama. He had a great year last year, um, and he's probably the best running back in this draft next to Travis Etienne. Um, so really, it just depends on who, which one's your preference. 25, I have uh, the Jags taking, um, I'm going to butcher this, but Levi Anuzi-Yerke um, from Washington, defensive tackle. Um, Urban Meyer is going to pick apart this draft. He's going to take the best available piece here. I'm assuming on defense because he's got Trevor Lawrence and your offense is actually not that bad. You have James Robinson running the ball, um, de- decent offensive line. You have some receivers that you can throw the ball to, so I think you got to go defense with their second pick. Um, 26, we have the Browns, who made a playoff run this year. Um, their offense is pretty um, pretty solid. You know, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Um, so you got to go defense here, and their biggest weak spot was their linebacking core. So I have them taking Nick Bolton from Mizzou. He's a good linebacker. Um 27, we have the Ravens taking Rashad Bateman, receiver from uh, Minnesota. And uh, top priority in this offseason needs to be giving Lamar Jackson more weapons to open up that offense. And I think Bateman can be that guy. 28, we have the Saints. I have them taking Zavin uh, Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. Um, I think they could really utilize another linebacker on this team. They're not going to go quarterback. I think they like Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, whatever whoever they go with. I think they're going to trust for another year um, if Drew Brees does retire, which we all think he will. 29, I have the Packers taking Asante Samuel Jr. Um, they could use another receiver piece. Um, they don't need offensive line. They don't need run game. Um, obviously, they're not going to go another quarterback. <laughs> but what we saw in the NFC Championship game with Kevin King just can't happen again. So I think they're going to let him go as soon as they are able to. He's going to be out of the building. And you got to draft another young corner here to go alongside with Jair Alexander. 30, the Buffalo Bills are going to take Travis Etienne. They can throw the ball like any other team in the league. Their defense is solid um, with Sean McDermott being the play caller there. And really the only thing they need to upgrade is their ability to run the ball. And if you add a guy like Travis Etienne who can absolutely do that for you, I think that's a really good value pick this late in the first round.
31, um, Tampa Bay taking Aziz Ajulare from Georgia. Just got to add another edge rushing piece to that defense that is already so good at doing so. But you may lose uh, Shaq Barrett in the uh, free agency. So um, if that happens, you need to have another piece to come in and fill that void. 32, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking Christian Dereshaw tackle. Um, again, they lost both their tackles to injury this late in the season. They're both veteran guys. So if you can add another young piece to maybe learn, maybe step in if one goes down again next year, um, that can be very valuable. Um, just some notable guys that I have um, not going in the first round that I, I could potentially see going in the first round. Um, Tevin Jenkins, tackle. Carlos Bashman Jr., edge rusher. Mac Jones, the quarterback. A lot of teams need quarterbacks and are going to be looking to make a move in the draft to get them. But I don't see Mac Jones as a first-round talent. I, I have him going in the second round. Wyatt Davis, a guard from Ohio State. Samuel Cosme, a tackle, another tackle. Um, and Taysen Campbell, a corner from Georgia. I can see the Packers take, going with him instead of Asante Samuel Jr., but I went with Asante Samuel um, at that pick. So there you have it. There's my uh, first mock draft of the year. Um, I'll definitely be up, updating it throughout the year, um, but that rounds up uh, this episode of If the Cleat Fits. Hope everyone has a great day.